Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud to get it automatically. You can catch the show on the Stitcher app as well. Like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. My public email is Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. Philly Sketchfest is here. So why don't you start it all off with the third annual Sketch Comedy Film Festival at the Roxy Theater on Wednesday, May 30th at 7.30 p.m. We then move to the Playground at the Adrian for Thursday, May 31st and Friday, June 1st. Three shows, both nights, 7, 8.30, and 10. And you can stay for the late night sketch prov Friday night after all the other shows. On June 2nd, Saturday afternoon, we're having a conversation about community, diversity, and identity within the world of comedy at Amalgam Comics at 2 p.m. And then we'll head to the Ruba Club Saturday evening for three shows, 7 p.m., 8.30 p.m., and 10 p.m. And we'll close out the weekend on Sunday at Underground Arts with the final three shows. Again, 7, 8.30, and 10. You can see there's a trend. Tickets for all the live shows are available at MyFirstSketch.com slash tickets. That will send you to the ticket fly. Here's another cool thing that we're doing this year. Because the 10th anniversary is traditionally associated with tin or aluminum, we'll be collecting canned goods that will be donated to Phil Abundance, which is the largest hunger relief organization in the Delaware Valley. So before you come to the shows, stop by the nearby Mini Mart. I'm sure there's something around all of our venues. Pick up a couple cans of stuff. And then help us spread some good in the world. I'm heading back to Edmonton today because my guest is Quinn Contini, currently a member of Marvin Berry. His first sketch is called Tabor PD, and it's in three parts. Quinn reads the roles of the announcer and the punk, and I read the police officer. So let's go to his sketch. Tabor P.D., based on the real laws of Tabor, Alberta. Just like to remind you boys that it's a $150 fine for swearing, screaming, or yelling. And you can't hang out in groups of three or more. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You're saying if I get jumped, I can't yell? Correct. Hmm. No swearing? Correct. And if a child runs into traffic and their mom can't scream? Um, well... But where's the stupid fucking law made? That's $150 penalty for swearing. Lick my ass. What did you just say to me? You yelled. That is an $150 fine too, so guess what? We're even. The punk runs away. Cop begins chase. Okay, uh, Tabor PD, episode two. It's set in a cornfield. Meanwhile, in a field in Tabor. The punk and a friend are in a cornfield. Maybe Sam and Nikki breathing heavily as if they just had sex. Police burst out of nowhere. There you are, grabs the punk by the collar. I've been looking for you. I've heard swearing, screaming, and moaning. You're coming with me. How the hell did you find me? We're in the middle of a field. The corn has ears. 
and Tabor PD episode three. And we'll go with the alternate ending. Meanwhile, in Tabor. Uh, uh, he's talking into his walkie-talkie, stands in the corner looking for a way out. There's been a robbery. I've got the culprit cornered. I need backup. Yeah, no can do, officer. But he's going to get away. Laws are laws. If we send backup, there will be too many people standing together. We just can't afford to lose our credibility. And end. Uh, hey, Quinn. Hey, how are you? All right, I'm good. Uh, tell me about this sketch. Where did this idea come from? Oh, uh, well, the idea came from from just new bylaws that were uh, that were put forth in in Tabor, Alberta. It, like, you're saying that's like five hours away from you? Yes, yeah, so it's five hours away from you, but it, it's famous for its corn. So any kind of uh, you know vegetable market or summer market you go to, there'll always be a Tabor corn stand. Is it five hours uh, north or south or like? South, yeah, five hours south. Okay. So southern Alberta, kind of close to the U.S. border, but because uh, Edmonton's pretty high up, isn't it? Or yeah, yeah, we're about like six or seven hours north of the U.S. border. Jeez. Um, so what what is, what instigated writing the sketch itself? I just thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, you can't find people for yelling. What a preposterous idea! Well, like, yeah, and then also, and, and the, the best thing was just like people like getting it together of groups of three or more. Like, how do you stop that from happening? Like, schools would have to shut down. <laughs> you know, people couldn't go to churches. They couldn't go to grocery stores. Like, it's it's amazing. Well, I think like, I mean, these laws. Like, uh, there's one of the stereotypes of, of Canadians is that like, like they're super polite. So, like, I feel like these laws like take that politeness to like the next level. Like, Oh, Oh no, 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 no. Be quiet. Everybody like, or, Oh no, 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 no. Swearing. Like, like, like kind of like, Oh like yeah, just, totally. 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 Like super yeah. kind. Like these police aren't like, yeah, they don't get super mad about it, but they're just like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. You're in a group of three. Okay. We're going to have to, I'm sorry. I'm super sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's fun. Yeah, we are. I think we are generally like very kind. Uh, sometimes, sometimes not. It depends on the Canadian city as well. I find it, it varies. It like? Um, if you're like, I, I've always heard like, if you're in Montreal and you don't speak French, you have to like have a reason to not speak French. Yeah. Yeah. You have or to have like, like an you know, excuse. If you're, if you're an American in Montreal, you're fine. But if you're like <laughs> from Alberta, like, you know, you're kind of a prick if you don't know French. Yeah, and I think well, I think generally, if you're from Alberta, you're a prick. <laughs> Anywhere else in Canada, which is pretty funny. Yeah, most yeah, BC hates Alberta. Yeah, most provinces hate Alberta. Oh, that's really like a thing here in America. Like, if certain states hate other states, I, there's a. I mean, we do joke about Jersey all the time, so maybe that is the the case. Uh, yeah, maybe, and may, maybe it's smaller. Maybe it's just because you guys have so many states that like. Because we only have what seven provinces and or ten provinces mm-hmm. and three territories or whatever, and so 
Yeah, maybe it's just a difference in the number. I guess it's hard to get mad if there's 50 other states. Like, who do you pick? Well, there's New Jersey. They're useless. Uh, yeah, What's fair. the other state that constantly that has come up a couple of times on this podcast? I think Indiana I've made fun of a couple of times because who, why? Like, who would live there? Yeah, fair. <laughs> I don't know a damn thing about Indiana. Uh all right, let's talk about comedy. What were you into growing up? What were you watching? What made you a comedy fan? Oh, man. Um, I, I watched a lot of Abbott and Costello growing up. How'd you, how'd you get into that? How'd you? Uh, I think my dad got me a video. We had like a, a, a big extended like Abbott and Costello collection video okay. uh, that I used to watch. I also love Roadrunner. As a kid, the cartoon, yeah, 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 and just general Bugs Bunny, sure, uh, which is fun. So I think, uh, yeah, that's probably where where it started. Is there a specific Abbott Costello that you would point to, like, is your favorite? Oh man, a specific Abbott Costello. Um, there was one about vacuum salesmen that killed me and i haven't watched them in years i need to go back and rewatch them but man it was funny yeah i don't have a very good base of abin costello i like i think i don't think i've ever seen any of their full things i know my parents when i was growing up and i don't know the backstory of this but they had banks like of abin and costello and <laughs> really yeah, like and I, and I don't know how they got them or where they are. I don't know if they still have them. I don't think they do. But, like, I just remember that was that was my reference of Abbott and Costello. Or these banks. Yeah. Oh, very funny. Very bizarre. <laughs> uh, what's your introduction? I mean, you mentioned Bugs Bunny. And I guess that falls into the sketch category because it's, they're generally so short. But, like, what's your, introdu- your introduction to sketch comedy? Uh, my introduction to sketch comedy would have been when I was living in Calgary. Uh and we put on like a, a sketch show or it was more of like a variety show. Uh, I don't know. Once every couple months called chop shop. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I, but I still mean like watching. Oh, watching yeah. sketch comedy. Uh, oh, I uh, would have been for sure. Sh- for sure. Been um, uh, Monty Python. And was that it? Like, like easy accessible because Monty Python. I whenever anyone brings it up, I'm always like, "Where did you find it? How did you get to it?" Because for a long time, it was such yeah. a weird it, thing. Like videos weren't well like circulated yet. The movies are out, and obviously they're available, but like the series wasn't always readily available for people. Yeah, I uh, I remember we had we had a VHS of the life of Brian and uh oh geez the other super famous one that I'm blanking on the name of just holy grail yeah the holy grail uh yeah I had VHSs of those and then I also had a collection I I was in drama class I was just a big drama geek okay Uh, and in grade seven my drama teacher was one super into improv uh which got me improvising at a super young age, which was great. Um, but super into comedy. And she had like a full um, book of Monty Python sketches. And so anytime that I had a chance to 
perform one of them, I would, which was fun. I think the first one I ever did was self de- uh, self defense against fresh fruit, mm. uh, which was a fun one. Okay, so Nikki brought this up earlier, and I and it thoroughly confused me. Okay, uh, naturally. Well, yeah, like you mentioned doing improv in school. Yeah. Like, what is this about? Can like about school improv? Like, I don't. I don't think I, we had it. At least, like, it definitely wasn't a thing when I was in high school in like the early two thousands. Like, yeah, I'm what not is sure. Like, this? like the scholastic improv teams and. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it, it is. It's strange. It's a. I feel like it's very cultural, at least in Alberta. I know it's pretty big around Canada, but in Alberta, it's huge, especially Edmonton, where we live, where I grew up three hours south in Calgary. It's not nearly um, as big or as celebrated. Uh, but up here, the tournaments, like they have a huge junior high school tournament. That's kids that are like 12 to 14 years old. It's so bizarre. It's so weird to me. Like I've never heard of that. It's Yeah, it's insane. And all, this, all the major schools have teams and... People come in from like all around Alberta to compete and then the high school tournament just gets bigger. And then there's another high school tournament uh, in Calgary where I grew up, but yeah, it's, it's not as big, but I think I was lucky. I, my junior high, again, my junior high drama teacher, she, uh, um, in university, she took a bunch of classes from Keith Johnstone. That was a name that she brought up. Yeah. And Keith Johnstone is like, uh, I guess like, He's the father of a lot of this, like, Canadian style of improv. Um, I think where it differs from the States, I think a lot of improv from the States is geared towards sketch comedy, whereas the improv here originally came from theater. So Keith Johnstone was, like, a huge, um, uh, huge into the theater world in London, uh, England. Okay. And he developed all of these improv exercises to make actors better. Yeah, and sure. He ended up moving to Calgary and opening up Loose Moose Theater. And that's where I cut my teeth. So I joined Loose Moose Theater when I was 14. Oh my gosh. Uh, which was like a professional improv company. And I just, uh, yeah, I was with them for six years uh, before I moved up to Edmonton. Um. Okay, so none of the the real things that you've mentioned about watching has been Canadian, like you know, like Kids in the Hall, or yeah, I never really got into Kids in the Hall. Okay, two of them were actually from Loose Moose Theater in Calgary. Okay, uh, which is fun, but uh, no, I never, uh, I never got too deep into Kids in the Hall. Or like, is there any other like, is there any Canadian thing that you would recommend to someone? A Canadian thing to watch. Uh, in terms of like live I could recommend live stuff like I was I'd recommend if you're ever in Toronto go see a second city (laughs) sketch show Um, but in terms of film sketch things or even just like sitcoms or like uh, of, of just Canadian content yeah yeah, I wish. I, the thing is, I don't watch a lot of TV. Okay. I, yeah, I. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, I don't have a huge. Even like pop culture reference references are lost on me often. Okay. I feel like when I hang out with most people my age, I feel like I have lived under a rock. 
that's 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 perfectly fine um i do ask everybody though uh since saturday night live is such a juggernaut which comedy world uh yeah who's your favorite saturday night live cast member of all time yeah of all time uh i have to say will ferrell okay. i had the will ferrell best of and i've watched that like as a kid i watched that so much i'll take it yeah. will ferrell's great he, he had me some of those sketches that he were he was in in Saturday Night Live just tore me up. Yeah, he he had this like amazing ability to either be a weird character, or he could be completely straight, or yeah, or even more like even crazier is that like he could look completely straight and start acting completely straight and then get weird, like yeah. Like, I don't know if it's on the first best of or the second one, but like that sketch where they're at the dinner table and it's like him, his wife, uh, I don't guess Sarah's playing the wife and Sarah Michelle Gellar's the daughter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just those like extended silences. And he just goes like nuts and like, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. His, his emotional range is phenomenal, but that, uh, that reminded me of, no, I would say the one, like if I were to recommend watching something, it would be some old mad TV. Mad TV was Canadian. Uh, I think. I, I think maybe I could be very wrong. I don't, I, I, again, I, don't think, I, am. I won't say that's Canadian, but I do know that they did steal a bunch of Canadians and brought them okay. down. Okay. Okay. Well, no, you're you're probably Is right because I don't know a damn thing. The other one was like because I think there's a that bunch of cast other... members that they that they brought down from like Vancouver. Okay, that makes more sense. The other Canadian one, SCTV, was Canadian. Yeah, and uh, I know a bunch of people really like that. I've seen a couple of those sketches, and they're very funny. But I, again, <laughs> have no idea. Well, I, I, I mean, uh, SCTV is hard because it's just it's hard to get yeah. the 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 proper things anymore. Because like, I was trying to buy the DVDs. Like that was like one of my goals yeah. last year. They're not even what I wanted. I want like the actual Canadian TV show, like. <laughs> And it's just like the NBC version that they did like five years later. <laughs> but like at the same time, like the the cast members of SCTV became pretty big heavyweights, like you know, uh John Candy and uh, Yeah. Catherine Absolutely. Hare, like so even if you've yeah. never seen SCTV, like there You know the people on, yeah. on comedy has been made. All right, so let's all right, you're talking about uh, joining Loose Moose Theater at 14 and being a drama mm-hmm. kid. Like, where you just yeah. like, in the high school yeah, plays and me. stuff? and Yeah, yeah. I went to, like, a like a art-specific yeah. high school, uh, which was fun. But it was also, like, sport. Like, there were very, very little, like, a small local population that was at the high school. But it was, like, half intense sports kids and then half arts kids. Okay. Yeah, which was fun. Uh, Loose Moose. What's the process of getting to Loose Moose? Is it just taking classes there? And oh, it's got a really cool like platform. It's pretty different than most places I've ever been, but um, there were. It's it's not like traditional classes in terms of like a lot of places will have like level one, level two, mm-hmm. level three. You know, take your character improv class. Uh, but that's not what it was like. They had like a high school. It's called Chill, the Calgary High School Improv League. 
where we would just go and take classes on whatever, whoever was teaching that day would teach something different. And, um, but loose moose works, they don't necessarily have a, an official cast. Like they have their senior members, but there's no audition process. Uh, you're never really in the company until you know that you're in the company, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but if you volunteer, so the, yeah, the trick to getting on stage is just volunteer time. So if you come, you volunteer, you perform, um, and you take classes. So every Friday, the show would be at eight o'clock. Uh, a class would start at six and go till seven. And at seven, the director of the show would sit down in front of everyone and ask who wants to be in the show. And if you wanted to be in the show, you'd raise your hand and the director would pick uh, however many people. And those would be the people in the show. And if you didn't get in the show, uh, you volunteer more and you come back again. Okay. Yeah. I can't imagine that. Like whenever they ask, like who wants to be in the show tonight? Like there's not going to be too many people are like, you know, what? no, I'm good. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I can't imagine that everyone's going to be in for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you really have to, commit your time like if you want to want to progress there you really have to kind of bite down show up a lot be committed and but it's cool because the the learning experience i think it is still from all the theaters that i've seen around the world it's one of the best places to to learn uh it is like a school um which is interesting how long did you spend there i was there for five years okay is it like 19 ish yeah, yeah. So nineteen ish, I uh, yeah, I moved up to Edmonton okay. and uh, pursued school here. And that's at, at university level. You're going to Edmonton. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was good. So I uh, yeah, I just uh, finished up my degree um, last year, which is exciting. And uh, but it was the only place in Canada that I could go to um, to do school as well as improvise to the extent that I wanted to improvise. Okay. Uh, where'd you go to school? Which was exciting. Uh, so I went to school at the university of Alberta. Uh, and I was improvising like up to five or six times a week. So what is it about improvising? That's really drawn you and you know, that's your study. Uh, just the, the, the freedom, uh, the wildness, the, the authenticity of it. I think, I think it's something that theater often misses it's fun because it's a live performance um that's off the cuff and you can tell when people are i don't know just on on the edge of their comfort level in a good way and just like people react honestly genuinely on stage is i think that's what keeps me going it's it's seeking the truth uh above anything else is this uh improvising like are you is it always comedy are you dramatically are you just doing long form or a herald uh i do yeah no i do uh, all sorts uh loose moose is short form training um so i started there and uh but i've gone on to do yeah i've, I've done i love improvising serious shows i think that's super fun and rewarding in a different way i love improvising different comedy shows i I'm also a part of uh, an improvised musical uh, that we put up at the Edmonton Fringe every year. Uh, and that's been super celebrated in Edmonton. It's a very fun show. 
I've been in a fully improvised, like hour long action movie uh, on stage, which has been super fun. Um, all sorts. Yeah. How do you get to uh, Marvin Berry? Uh, what, what do you mean? Like by a bicycle usually? Um, no, like, like how, okay, so you, you moved to Edmonton to go to college yeah. or university. Um, you're studying improv and I'm, I'm sure other acting techniques there. I actually studied business. Uh, and I, it was backwards. Yeah, okay. no. So I studied business in school, but then I studied improv outside of school, just kind of jumping back and forth. Okay, so okay, so you weren't. And so, are you going to? Uh, was it rapid fire? Yeah. So I did. I I spent a year with the university improv group, um, just being a part of it. And then the next year, I got into rapid fire, and I also became the workshop instructor at the university improv group. Uh, so I taught at the university. Um, so I taught improv there for two years uh, when I just started being in rapid fire. What's the process of getting, getting to rapid fire? Like, is that an audition process or is that just another class system workshopping? Yeah. So that's an audition process. They also have like your standard kind of levels of, of improv training. And then generally you're asked uh, to audition and then you get an audition, either get in or, you don't get in and then it's a tiered system. So there's the free improv, which do uh, the first uh, 15 minutes of every Friday night show. And we have two shows every Friday. And then there's the first half, which is the next half an hour. And then there's an intermission. And then there's the second half performers, which are the second half performers. Yeah. So like the, so pre intermission and post intermission are like different companies completely. Uh, yeah, or different on en- ensembles. I get well, like sure. can, we're all considered in the same ensemble. Yeah, it's just different tiers of the company. Okay. Yeah. So you audition for Rapid Fire. Yeah. Uh, you get in. Yes. And how does how does Marvin Berry coalesce out of Rapid Fire? Like, how do the five of you get together? Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, it's always nice to see each other there because we'll perform, we'll do improv with each other on on Friday nights. But we just meet. I think we try to schedule meetings as as often as we need, um, depending on where we're performing. We've been really busy this year touring, which has been awesome, and I absolutely love the group. Uh, they've become yeah very close. So yeah, we just like schedule meetings and figure it out when we need to. Was there a sense of like when you guys? when you all would have been perform like performing and improvise improvising together. Like we're just like, Oh, the five of us, this makes the most sense. Like, Oh yeah. Interesting question. Well, when, when we met, we were all in different tiers. So none of us were actually improvising together. Okay. Um, Only recently did we do our first like Marvin Berry specific improv show. Uh, and that was really fun just to see everyone's dynamic uh, and how that changed improvising versus doing sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I knew it was something that I wanted to continue after the first show, after the first sketch show that we did. I'm definitely very interested in writing and uh, and performing. And it was, it was very fun the first time and I wanted to, wanted to keep chewing at it. 
where did like how did the five of you decide to write a sketch show when you're so based in the improv world uh rapid fire theater does this awesome thing every year it's my favorite festival uh of the year hopefully philly outweighs it but who knows um yeah, we'll but we'll see uh it's uh, it's called bonfire uh and it's okay. an experimental improv festival every year so what happens is that everyone in the company uh pitches their ideas any ideas that they have for an improv show to our artistic director the artistic director either gives it the thumbs up or the thumbs down and then there's a big pitch meeting where all of the people that got thumbs up present a pitch to the rest of the company and then we take turns signing up for all of the crazy shows uh and so this year it was uh, the thursday friday saturday of two consecutive weeks uh and it just ended actually last week but it was a riot but uh Mm -hmm. whenever we started three years ago uh there was a there was a sketch group they wanted to put a sketch show in with bonfire because it's not something that rapid fire does a lot and so somebody pitched a sketch show and uh we did it and ever since we've been mm-hmm. marvin barry just just that simple that simple yeah it was easy it was just like okay we're doing a sketch show now and we had to put a sketch show together and like i think we put it together in like a week and uh yeah we performed it and it went over super well and we were all like, let's, let's keep at her. Right on. Um, I asked uh, certain sketch comedy groups uh, like brand themselves, like they give themselves a tagline. They give themselves like, you know, just like this one line thing that's supposed to like describe the, the team. Uh, how would you describe Marvin Berry? Oh man. Brand ourselves with a, Oh man, like just a little tagline. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a little tagline. Like you can just describe like how you think just you know what the tone and the voice of the show would be. Yeah, it's usually uh It's usually quick. It's usually a little odd. Um mm-hmm. it's at least we like to uh at least I really like to write sketches that make people think. Um, yeah, yeah. Quick little tagline. Uh, we we do have like a like our symbol is just like a ghost. Like our logo is just mm-hmm. like a little ghost with a bow tie. I, I think Nikki said something about like we make jokes or we like jokes or. Oh yeah, yeah. Nikki says that a lot. Actually, yeah, we make jokes. We're, yeah, yeah, we we're Marvin Barry and we make jokes. That's often that's not very descriptive. Not like, very descriptive. Hopefully, a sketch comedy group is making jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, we make jokes. I don't know if you're doing very well if you're not making jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> then what is it? What's sketch comedy if it isn't funny? Uh, I, Marvin Barry, you guys recently went to Phoenix, right? Yeah, I unfortunately didn't go get to go on that trip. But, okay, uh, so you're not the one to ask. No, I'm not the one to ask, but they had a great time. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll beat Phoenix out then. Well, yeah, well, I was I was jealous. I was like, they because they went to Phoenix and Dallas in the same weekend, oh, wow. um, the two different sketch festivals and or comedy festivals. But I was just I kept getting like Instagram pictures of them in pools. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? You got a you got a hotel with a pool in it? Ah, I couldn't believe it. 
uh nikki talked about like how uh comfortable she is with the team yeah we're all very comfortable with each other i think like one of the quotes that she'll say that she said and i'm sure you can to go back to her afterwards that like like there's no body part she hasn't seen or maybe even touched like of any of you or <laughs> yeah we're we're very close and it's a it's a very intimate group how, um, how do you like, really nice how did that come to be of being such an intimate like close-knit group like, i'm not sure i I suspect it's from one of our first sketches uh, that I think Nikki wrote. It's called Couples Counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's where two people go into a, a counselor's office and they need to learn how to fight with each other. But it just gets outrageously physical. Uh, and I think that just kind of set the tone because I, I believe we did that in our very first show. Okay. And that's still to this day one of my favorite sketches to to watch them perform because I've never actually done that one. But it's it's so physical. It's so invasive mm-hmm. to each other in a way. But because we all accept it, I think I think it's just become part of our I don't know part of our inner culture. You mentioned that you're not really like into pop culture or anything. Is there anything that you are watching that already makes you laugh now? Uh, anything that I'm watching or that makes me laugh right now? Uh, what made me? Oh, I've, I've been watching my dog lately, and my dog has been making me laugh a lot. I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but today I took her for a bike ride, and she just laid down in a puddle, and that was a first. And yeah, you know, that made me giggle real good. That's not totally what I'm looking for, but like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so, but yeah, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't watch TV. Okay, what kind of sketch comedian and writer I am if I don't watch TV? Well, then, if, okay. So if you're kind of like absent from the pop culture scene, how are you generating content? Like, oh, I just said the word I hate. Uh, how are you generating material? No, oh, yeah, never say content. I hate it so much. I it's my least favorite word. Really? Why? I it it I feel like it trivializes and and um just minimizes everything we do. Interesting. I hate it. Absolutely yeah, fair. hate it. Fair. I'll have to think on that one. But how, so how do you generate material? Like how are you seeing the world and creating your comedy? Uh, I think I see the world a little bit. I'm sure everyone sees the world differently than each other, but I just log it. I I keep track of my ideas. I I'm constantly out looking for for funny things. I'll write things down uh, whenever something comes to mind. But I think for me, it's I would way rather get my content from real life experiences than I would from television programs or TV shows. I get way more out of uh, just just going out, people watching. Um, sure. You know. So you're not necessarily going to be the one to, to write parodies or... Yeah, totally. Like if you were to give me like five names of celebrities and being like, okay, make fun of each of these ones, I'll probably be like, okay, I have, I know who one of those are. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm not the one to, to write parodies, but I do love writing 
uh, yeah, more abstract, uh, I don't know, thought based pieces. I don't know if that no, makes any sense, but it's interesting. So as we wrap up, as we're taught, like, did I, did we miss any stages in your development as a comedy person, like going from improv at loose moves to rapid fire? Is there anything else that like you've done that you're super proud of or people should know about? Oh man, super proud of, or people should know about. Um, oh yeah, totally. There totally is. Um, <laughs> me and my friend, uh, uh, we last year we um, started the first ever a Canmore International Improv Festival. Okay. Uh, so this year we're going into round two, which is super exciting. Canmore is a beautiful little mountain town, about four hours away from Edmonton, north or south, and, or east or west. Uh, it's southwest, um, and it's beautiful. Uh, you've probably heard of Banff. It's like twenty minutes away from Banff. Okay. Um. And, uh, yeah, so we produced the first ever improv festival there and yeah, we had groups from Norway and Chile come in. Wait, what? Yeah. It's nuts. It's, it's like in a Norway? thing. Yeah. And well, cause we met, so my friend who I produce it with Allie, so she's the artistic director of sour dog theater. Uh, and also we went to high school together and, um, yeah, she just like my, my comedy or at least my improv, like compadre. Okay. Um, but yeah, we've gone and improvised and taught in, uh, or we, yeah, we, we performed in Oslo, Norway. We've been to Dubai. We've did, been to the what? Netherlands. Yeah, we've been all over. We're hoping to go uh, down to South America sometime next year and do some teaching and performing. And yeah, it's really cool where, uh, where things have taken us. Here, I'm excited that we're bringing in someone from Edmonton and you're going to Oslo, Norway and Dubai to do comedy. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. step up our international things here in Philadelphia now. Yeah, you got to step it up because there are some groups in, in, in the world. It's amazing. It's like once you start seeing what's out there in the world, it's just like, oh, man, the people that we want to bring in. This year, we have a group from london england coming in who have an olivier award they're the first ever comedy group to win a major theatrical award uh which is really cool yeah it's crazy yeah it's pretty nuts and when is that normally or when's it going to be this year uh it's uh june 20th to 24th this year and it's kind of attached itself to uh, improvaganza which is rapid fire's huge festival i think it's the biggest improv festival in North America or no, mm-hmm. maybe no, just Canada. Okay. I think, I don't know. I don't know the numbers, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's like 10 days full on. We get people from all over the world, uh, but we've kind of attached ourselves to that. And so people will come up and do that. And now they're just going to come down and do, do our festival or some of them. I, okay. I see. That's, yeah. That's smart. At, le- at least it's smart. So whenever I ask this question, I always say that I, you know, it could either be like, you know, something philosophical, something existential that you've learned about life or just something about the craft of sketch comedy. Like what's something that you've learned about sketch comedy or writing that you would pass on to a new writer? Uh, Something to pass on to, to a new writer. 
Oh, yeah. Buy some nugget. Try your hardest to surround yourself by funny people, people who uh, value the same kind of comedy that you do, and don't be precious about your ideas. Let others tweak them. One of like one of the biggest uh, strengths I think of Marvin Barry is that one person will have an idea and then they don't necessarily write the sketch. If somebody else has a good idea for the sketch about that idea, they'll go write it or we'll all brainstorm all of the funny jokes or funny bits that we could put in a sketch together. Uh, and then we'll put that forward. But it's like, you're only going to be as strong as, as you are. But if you surround yourself with those people, uh, I think your, your talent, your abilities, uh, and your comedy are only gonna only gonna progress. Right, and you guys mentioned. I mean, uh, you. I mean, I asked about the comfort level of the group. Like, if you're gonna be that comfortable, and intimate. Like when you're performing, you have to be that comfortable and intimate while you're writing and rewriting and pitching and being able to, uh, you know, do stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's the point now where it's so nice because we are never worried about stepping on each other's toes. We're not worried about insulting each other. We can speak with open minds. We can, uh, we can call people out on stuff Mm -hmm. and it's, it's accepted. It feels very much like a family. Like, you know, you're, you're not able to tell your, your brother or your dad, uh, the same thing that you're able to tell somebody that you meet on the street, you know, you're able to talk to them a little more openly, uh, usually depending on the family, of course, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and finally, why comedy? Like, I mean, you mentioned you've been doing improv since you were, you know, 14 ish drama kid. Uh, you studied business in university, but you've always been with the theater. So what, why has comedy hooked you? Why do you keep doing it? Yeah. Why do I keep doing it? That's a great question. Um, well, the, the, yeah, the reason that I studied business in school was that so one day I can open up my own comedy theater in the mountains. Aww. Uh, so that's the dream. But uh, yeah, I think I fell in love with it at a very young age. And I can't see myself doing anything, uh, doing anything except that. Uh, why do I keep doing it? Uh, I think laughter is such a, a beautiful thing. It brings joy to people's lives and if i walk away from a show having made you know one person's day a little bit better uh i think that's that's a little that's a little something that i did in the world and that's uh uh, that's nice you know i may never be a a doctor um but i think laughter is a medicine Mm. I, i think that's pretty short too and i'm hopefully when you come to philadelphia you make you know Make one person's night better when you're here. I, I hope so. I hope that I can make at least one person laugh <laughs> when I'm there. We'll all just sit there like in yeah. the audience cross-armed and just staring angrily at y'all. Yeah, I know. Please do. Yeah, if you could if you could let everyone know. Just tell people I've done horrible things right before I go on stage. Yeah, so I'm greeted with just cruelty. Just crickets the entire time. Yeah, Chris, the entire time. Yeah, that's my nightmare. <laughs> um, but happens, you know? It does happen. It you can't it. win them all. Yes, it does happen. All right. Um, I think that's everything I can think of. 
Great. Great. Uh, Great. Thanks so much, Josh. Thanks, Quinn. Here's a dumb correction that nobody really cares about. My parents actually had Laurel and Hardy Banks, not Abbott and Costello. I was kind of way off, but it doesn't really matter to the context of the story. Quinn and the rest of Marvin Berry are performing at Philly Sketchfest on Friday, June 2nd in the 7 p.m. block, along with the incredible Shrinking Man Jackie and Patrick Wright Sketches. Tickets are available at Ticketfly or using the redirect link myfirstsketch.com slash tickets. They'll return to Edmonton and perform at Improvaganza on June 17th at the Rapid Fire Theater. And you can check out Canmore International Improv Fest.ca for more information on Quinn's work at the Canmore International Improv Festival. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at PHL Sketchfest. We'll be on Instagram at Philly Sketchfest and use the hashtag PHL Sketchfest 10. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Come to Philly Sketchfest this weekend. <laughs>